We're now going to spend the rest of the hour with uh, Mike Crenshaw because, well, huh, Thursday, April 22nd, Earth Day, funeral is scheduled to be held for Dante Wright, the 20-year-old black father who was shot and killed in Minnesota on April 11th, just 10 miles from where George Floyd was killed. Um, the funeral uh, for Mr. Wright scheduled to start at noon local time at Shiloh Temple International Ministries in Minneapolis. Civil rights leader, the Reverend Al Sharpton, is expected to eulogize the event. Um, attorney Crump will also uh, be there. Dante was murdered at, in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. And uh, then also on Wednesday, April 22nd, uh, 40 two-year-old black man, Andrew Brown, was shot and killed in North Carolina by sheriff's deputies carrying out a search warrant. And prior to that shooting, on Tuesday, April 20th, I mean, it seems like practically every day, 16-year-old Micaiah Bryant was shot and killed by Columbus, Ohio, a police officer. Uh, let us go to a clip uh, now about what happened with this now latest, yet again, another police killing of a black man, this time um, a father, Andrew Brown, Jr. <laughs> Right now, let it stop here in Pennsylvania. Let it stop here. We're going to show the rest of the world how we stop it here. State officials in North Carolina are investigating the fatal police shooting of a black man on Wednesday, according to authorities and local media reports. The shooting unfolded Wednesday morning in Elizabeth City, a community where half the population identifies as African American, near North Carolina's coastal border with Virginia. Authorities identified the victim as a 40-year-old father, Andrew Brown Jr., whose relatives told local media that he was near his home in a car at the time of the shooting. County Sheriff Tommy Wooten said deputies shot him after trying to serve him a search warrant without adding further details. It's been a tragic day today that started at approximately 8.30 a.m. during the search warrant at 421 Perry Street by Pasquotank County Sheriff's deputies. Andrew Brown Jr. was fatally wounded during this search warrant. Wooten added that all deputies at the scene were wearing body cameras and that the deputy who fired the gun has been placed on leave. Law enforcement officials did not say whether Brown was armed at the time or whether he was considered a threat to the officers. The shooting comes a day after former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin was found guilty of murdering George Floyd, an event that sparked anti-racism protests worldwide. No justice! No peace! As news of the North Carolina shooting spread, local media showed protesters beginning to gather as the city council called an emergency meeting to discuss the case and a possible curfew. People are feeling tired, people are frustrated, and people want this to stop. And the only way it's going to stop is if we first have transparency, because transparency brings about trust. And when you have trust, then we can move forward in the march and the fight for justice. 
Alrighty, so now I'd like to welcome back to Sojourner Truth, uh, Mike Crenshaw, born and raised in Chicago and Minneapolis, currently residing in Portland, uh, Oregon. Mike Crenshaw is an organizer for the African Hip Hop Caravan and uses cultural activism as a means to develop international solidarity related to human rights and justice through hip hop and popular education. Mike is the Northwest Regional Director of Hip Hop Congress. Mike Crenshaw, welcome back. Thank you, Margaret. I'm happy to be here. You know, Mike, it seems as though every time you, you've been on, and you've been on a few times now, between the times that we talk with you, there's either one or two of more of these uh, police killings. So now we have Andrew Brown uh, Jr. in um, North Carolina. And prior to that, um, we have uh, Makia Bryant. Um, both different circumstances, but nevertheless, both white police officers, it seems, killing black people. Your response to these two latest um, killings this within the context of, you know, Dante and George Floyd and the verdict, you also likely would want to give your thoughts on the verdict. Mike. Yeah, so, you know, first I want to say, um, you know, Andrew Brown, Micaiah Bryant, and there's another name I'm going to I'm gonna add to this list, and that is of... Uh, Robert Douglas Delgado, who was murdered last week in Portland, Oregon, while he was having a mental health crisis. Um, these uh, these names have to be remembered and honored. And I'm going to recall a study that was done a few years back by the Malcolm X grassroots movement in which they said that a black person was killed every 28 hours um, by by deadly force by use of deadly force by police. And if it wasn't the police, it was somebody that was self-deputized, like George Zimmerman, in the case of Trayvon Martin, or a security guard. But nonetheless, what you have, what we have in this country when we talk about gun safety and the crisis of mass shootings is we have a parallel crisis with people who are in positions of authority with weapons are using deadly force disproportionately against black people, people of color, and other marginalized populations. The frequency with which we're dying, I think is part, we know, we now understand it's part of the largest uh, problem that is really part of the core of cultural institutions, political institutions and the reality of this society. So since it took hundreds of years for us to arrive at this current moment, and the, the killing has been part of that history, I do not foresee the killing stopping any time soon. I think the challenges we face are sustaining social movement in a way that doesn't burn us out, um, in a way that continues to draw a broader mass population into the movement. Because it's only with these mass social movements that we create the kind of awareness across the board that puts pressure 
on these police departments, and that the education around what needs to happen, for instance, things like uh, doing away with qualified immunity, begins to make the type of reforms possible that can end the lack of accountability by police who murder us. Eventually, we want abolition of police in our communities. Right. And, and Mike, there's a big debate now going on in, in Washington, D.C. There is the piece of legislation uh, named after uh, George Brown. Then um, there is the larger um, package that the Biden administration and Democrats had uh, around police reform had hoped to get through. And now negotiations are going on with black Republican Senator uh, Tim Scott, um, with uh, Cory Booker, of uh, another black senator from uh, New Jersey. And on the House side, Representative Karen Bass, who's here from out of, of Los Angeles, is involved in these negotiations. And it seems as though they're trying to come to some uh, agreement on what they hope to be uh, major legislation on police reform. And people are thinking that if it's ever going to have a chance at all, now is the time to do it. But, Mike, the worry is, is that either the passage of either one of those are in doubt. They likely will go through the House uh, by, uh, you know, it has passed the House in, by narrow uh, party lines. But in the Senate, it's running into a problem in the Senate. So it just seems as though when these killings happen or incidences happen, there's studies that are done and recommendations that are made and a lot of hand-wringing that happens. But when it comes to policy change, we really don't see too much uh, happening. And I wonder your thoughts on that, because your focus is building the movement on the street and the impact that that might then have uh, to push those in the halls of power. Mike Crenshaw. Well, it's not so much from, from my perspective about pushing those in the halls of power as it is about making sure that we transform our consciousness around the issues, making sure that we're informed in um, very radical as well as historically, uh, historically accurate and scientific ways about how to view this problem with policing. And this problem with policing can't be separated from the history of white supremacy and racial terror in this country that was really part of formation, especially in the South, of police departments in general in terms of slave control and the control of black bodies and the control of indigenous bodies through violence. We need to understand that the reason the, the, the legal apparatus okay, in terms of, of legislative action and the creation of laws that actually have teeth that get passed or don't pass, the reason the movement is slow in terms of legal reform is because we're relying on a system that has been populated generation after generation by human beings 
who serve the interests of the status quo and of the wealthy, which has historically been white, male, land-owning people. We have to understand that there are people who are alive today who live through the craze of lynching in this country, which ultimately has not stopped. So we're not dealing with ancient history. We're, we're really dealing with current times that are part of the historical continuum. And that there are still people breathing today who were fighting some of the same battles that we're continuing to fight. I, I think that legal reform is, is one tool in our tool belt. I think that pushing for legal reform is one tactic in a diversity of tactics. We are going to have to understand that the police are going to remain a deadly threat to our existence. The question, in addition to what we can do legally, is how do we organize ourselves and our communities so that our lives are protected in ways that are greater than they are currently? And at the same time that we organize for community, community defense in alternate ways of taking care of issues that that stem from economic instability and transgenerational poverty in our community, things that would be deemed crime that actually have root causes, in addition to protecting our communities and improving our standards of living, how do we hold police accountable so that they begin to understand that it's not okay, it's not safe, they will lose their jobs, and at some point, the consequences to their lives will look more evenly like the consequences to our lives. Right. We, we just have about 30 seconds or so, Mike, but I was uh, just uh, listening to a report on the NFAC uh, coalition, which is a coalition of black militia groups that seem to be growing in states across the country. And I assume I know there's a lot of concern about people figuring out how to defend themselves. And, and some black people are learning how to use weapons. Others are getting bear spray and other things that they have in their cars or walk around. I mean, th this is just what time it is where you're feeling so at risk that people are resorting to these kinds of, of means. Just a, a very quick comment, Mike. Well, I think that the reason that, that, that people are often getting shot in traffic stops. It's not because they're a threat to police. It's because they fear for their own safety and survival. So you have yeah. incidences where black folks are pulling away in their vehicles. That happened with DeWante Wright, okay? That happened with Andrew Brown. And you have to ask yourself, were these people afraid that they were not gonna make it home if they actually followed orders of order police? We have, uh, 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 Adam Toledo in Chicago, the young, young Latinx man, who actually complied after he ran initially, probably because he feared for his life and legal consequences, but when he finally complied, he was killed. So yeah. we understand that we're, we're still looking at a problem where we're not safe. In terms of arming ourselves for self-defense, it might be a necessary consequence, but I can't say that that is going to make us safer if the police are going to further justify 
that as a means to escalate their fear in relation to coming in contact with us. So there are just too many uh, questions around that. Margaret. Right. And they, they have more weapons than we do. Well, Mike, we'll have you back to continue this conversation, but we are out of time now. Thank you so much for your work and for joining us.